Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror Jason films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is a plot that I need explained to me, Mars! (laughs) (laughs) Hello! Hello! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I did something over the weekend that is both something that I think you're really into mixed with something you're deeply horrified by. Oh, okay. Um... Hey, everybody. Just a quick disclaimer about what we're about to talk about. Just a heads up. We recorded this a few months ago before the world went crazy and we all went into lockdown. So don't worry. I'm not out and about in the world. This was a simpler time. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. Something I'm into mixed with something that, for some reason, I don't know why this is the first thing that's coming to mind, but the first thing I pictured was a jar of buttons and spiders. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah. That would, okay, so wait, hold on. You're really into buttons? Am I learning something new about you? I really like, I have a jar of, uh, so you know sometimes you get that extra button when you buy a shirt or something? Oh, yeah. So I take them all out and I put them in a jar and sometimes I just like to play with them. really yeah i don't know what it is i really like buttons buttons are you know what i'm actually i like buttons too like when i was a kid my mom had this and i i want to find out if she still has this at our old house there was this like wood vase thing that had like all of the like a ton of buttons in it i'm guessing from like my grandma's sewing or something but i used to get them out and i would play with them and pair them up me too my mom also had a button thing because you know she also was a a seamstress so she just had but for her because your mom has done all the things oh yeah 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 you know she was like oh this is just my button thing so that when i need a button i have a button and i was like it's a treasure chest what you know what? like I the totally sound they it. make when they clink against each other and they're all different shapes yeah. inside. oh i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on why i love buttons so much buttons are great yeah i don't often get to share the fact that i like buttons because you can't just run up to someone and be like hi i'm aaron i like buttons you're right like you know like when you start a new job and yeah, you right. do the introduction you're like i really like hiking and buttons that's <laughs> a little weird okay so no but okay my partner and i went on a little trip up way up into northern california to bigfoot country Ooh. yeah so uh, if you're familiar with the bluff creek video which is like the most famous video is that the one with the walking yes okay so that is about 20 minutes it's like way deep in the woods like you have to hike for hours and what yada 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 way deep in the woods out near a place called willow creek have you ever heard of willow creek i have heard of willow creek there is a horror movie directed by bobcat goldthwaite that is called willow creek that's probably why i've heard of willow creek (laughs) so it's this tiny little town that is big footed out because like that's their sort of claim to fame so there's like a bigfoot museum and like the gap there's like really elaborate murals everywhere of like bigfoot helping to build the town with the people so that like bigfoot is like pushing a wheelbarrow or building (laughs) alongside the townspeople of willow creek i'll send you some pictures it's pretty amazing but in addition to that, so we went to, we, we got a cabin in the woods and like went out and looked at the stars and like listened for big, Bigfoot, you know, tree knocks Hooting and stuff. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was actually kind of amazing because like our deck was kind of on a, a hill. So the trees were like the tops of the trees, mid top of the, the tree toppage area. The upper third. Yes. It was level with our, our like, you oh, looked cool. up the, the sliding doors and like it was right there and it was just like full squirrels. 
Oh, so there were cool. in the morning there were just squirrels running back and forth, back and forth in front of our our thing. I'll send you a bunch of pictures. But I know people hate on squirrels, but I think squirrels are cute. Oh my god, I love their little hands. Oh, and their poofy little tails. <sighs> so so that was really fun. But the other thing that they have there, and this is where we get into things that you both love and hate because you love Bigfoot. But they have something there called the Bigfoot Burger that no. is in the shape of and like when it came to the table i said this is mars nightmare (laughs) i literally said that whilst in (laughs) so you can purchase that bigfoot burger at uh the early bird cafe which you where you can also purchase your fishing lures various convenience store goodies like red bull and candy and also ammo okay so, so it's just your general all-purpose. Yes. and But then there's, like, this little area that's, like, the cafe part where you can eat. And it's, like, got this mural of Bigfoot. Two Bigfoots. One of them is, like, at a, a campsite, like, cooking what appear to be donuts. And then okay. there's another one holding a bouquet of flowers. And they're, like, it's, like, they're greeting each other and running towards one another. Oh, my God. Again, I will send you pictures. It's amazing. I can't wait for all of humanity to die and for the aliens to land and see these murals and be like, oh, my goodness. They lived in in communion with these giant hairy creatures. Seriously. I mean, that's what it looks like. Like, Truly, like, it's like like a Diego Rivera mural. You know what I mean? (laughs) Where, like, the people are building their community, except for that half of them happen to be Sasquatch. (laughs) Oh, no. It's freaking amazing or it's to like be honest. future generations like the way we look at hieroglyphs and we're like well obviously this is aliens helping them build this and then yes. like a million years from now they're gonna uncover they're yes. gonna restore this paint and they're gonna be like oh my god these people lived and worked with monsters yeah Giorgio Sukulos the 17th is gonna be yeah, like right? <laughs> you know, like convinced that this is proof that <laughs> Bigfoot was amongst us and was like you know intelligent designed by Bigfoot so do you want to see a picture of it of the murals or of the Bigfoot burger? The Bigfoot burger. I kind of want to okay. see it. Okay. All right. I'm going to send it to you and I'm going to do it. I'm going to put this in the show notes so that other people can see it. The other thing is, is if you, when we got home, we watched Willow Creek again, just the beginning part before they go out in the woods and they go to like so many of the places that we went. Oh, so that's kind of always cool. It was really fun, uh, including going to the Bigfoot burger place. Okay. I'm going to send you the Bigfoot burger. It was delicious. Surprisingly, an excellent burger. But it is foot-shaped. Very foot-shaped. So. And even though I know it's not a foot, I don't think I could get that out of my head. I think it would just, I think I would just feel like I was eating a foot. I can barely say that sentence. <laughs> okay. It's... Oh my god, the bun. I, for some reason, I thought it was just going to be the patty. <laughs> no, it's the bun. So that's two burgers on a foot with toes. <laughs> oh god, I would have to cut the toes off immediately and just be like it's just a rectangle burger. It's just a rectangle burger. Think, it's just a burger shaped like a rectangle. I think we split it. I think Randy got the toes. Oh. I I had the heel. I kind of, you know, I like that when yeah. I'm not around and I still am so affected by things that when you see those things, you think of me. <laughs> But yeah, so for those of you who want to go to Willow Creek, I highly recommend the Bigfoot Burger. You can fully split it with a friend because it's huge. But it is indeed. And the bun was delicious. (laughs) It may be a hideous foot, but it was absolutely delicious. Oh my God, this Bigfoot greeting another Bigfoot at the fire with the donuts. Is is that not amazing? 
I love that it's all kind of an apocalyptic red too. It's just like, but they're yeah, having the a good time. Yeah, that weird orange. Yeah, they're having a good old time. So it was a really fun trip. That sounds really fun, actually. It was. It was great. The one thing it is a little sketch up there because, like, have you seen the documentary Murder Mountain? I have not, but it's on my list, and I thought about it today for no reason. Well, I highly recommend it, and it is accurate as fuck. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. All right, cool. So. Are you feel warmed up? You ready I to roll? I feel very warm. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, so this episode we're going to be reviewing a movie called Braid, which I selected, and I am now very excited to hear you synopsize. <laughs> <laughs> Never before have uh. I tasked you with a more challenging, and that that includes when we work together. Like this is the hardest thing I've ever asked you to do. <sighs> oh my god! But before we do that, Mars, can you do me a solid and remind our listeners of our spoiler policy? So we are about to talk about Braid, and we're going to talk about all the parts of it and we're gonna give away the twist at the end so here's the thing i try really hard whenever we start an episode i try to remember and i don't do this every time but i try to remember to establish whether or not you could go into a movie spoiled and have it not ruin the experience because there are some movies where it's like you really shouldn't you really shouldn't be spoiled when you go into this movie and there are some where it's like yeah it's fine if you hear if you listen to this episode and then go see it it'll it'll still be fine yeah this is not one of those movies no no if you haven't seen it and you think you might Stop the podcast now, because we'll still be here when you get back. Yes. But go watch Braid, because you cannot go into this movie spoiled. No, 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 oh. no, no. It is really something. I'm it so, is something else. I'm so excited to hear what you thought about it. Okay, so this is something that has been on my radar for a while. And then some of the other zombie girls have seen it and were like, oh my god, this movie is wild. You need to see it. So I use that as my, this is my perfect excuse to finally check it out. Plus, it's directed by a woman and like, I want to prioritize seeing those movies this year. And yeah, so I was excited to see it. That's why I picked it. So just a little background information. This is from this year. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you want to play along, it's readily available. And I recommend, like you said, not to not to listen to this episode till you have if you're curious about it. Um, it's directed by Mitzi Perone, who is an Italian-born uh, uh, actor, or I'm sorry, uh, director and actor and model. Who this is her feature film debut. Wow. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's very like this movie is very technically accomplished. Whether whatever, yeah. regardless of what you think of the plot or whatever, like there's no denying that this movie is visually stunning. Yeah, it's a lofty first. Yeah, first f- feature film. Yeah. So she wrote this movie while she was like hitting a pro- like a professional rock bottom. She was living in New York and modeling, and she had been cast in a movie, and she was working behind the scenes, helping to put together the financing, really involved in it. And her director, the director hit on her, and she turned him down, and he fired her. At the same time, her modeling agent lost her visa, so she couldn't go back to New- she couldn't go back to Italy. So she was stuck in New York without work and totally devastated having been fired off this movie that she had put a year of work into. And while she was there, she said she just kind of went into this like fever dream and about achieving your dreams and like what is reality and all of that kind of stuff came into play in this movie for sure. Thematically, there's a lot of that in here. And she said she looked like a serial killer. <laughs> like her room was full of just like her the wall was like covered in pictures and then little bits of dialogue with like strings connecting them as she put together this movie and she spent three years making it financed it cast it did everything and then spent five weeks uh shooting this in upstate new york 
And, and then I hope she took a freaking nap after that. Apparently she says she had like postpartum after this was Yeah, over. I'm sure. Because she put so much of her heart and soul into creating this movie that afterwards she's like, what do I even care about anymore? Well, that and when you sink so much of your time and focus and mental energy into something and then it's not there anymore. It's yeah. like, now what do I think? Have I ever thought about something that wasn't this? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I think that. Um, like I said, we'll see how we feel about it, but I feel like that um, tracks in yeah. the actual mm-hmm. finished product. You can feel a certain degree of madness, obsession with the creation yeah. of this movie and passion, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Side note, I um, I once worked uh, in art direction on this movie when I was in college, and part of it, what I, uh, myself and two of my friends had to do was build a, uh, a serial killer's lair. Oh, amazing. You know, like the strings and the map. And the whole thing was he was stalking this girl. So we, you know, had to come up with what would be on this board and stuff. So, like, we snipped off someone's hair and put it in a baggie, you know, like stuff like that. Oh, my God. Amazing. And then, so we're down there for like hours building this wall, you know, the serial killer's stalker wall. And then you became a serial killer? Yep, exactly. That's how the story ends. (laughs) Um, And then we killed a man. No. We, so we're down there and we're having a good old time decorating this wall and getting creative and stuff. And at one point we realized that we were having a villain's laugh competition where <laughs> we're trying to figure out who could do the best, like, you know. And then we realized that we were so focused on the laugh that all three of us were drooling and didn't realize. Whoa. And then we realized that we'd been locked for four hours in a basement surrounded by open <laughs> Sharpies and paint cans. Oh my and God. And that we were probably all a little hot. <laughs> Amazing. So we all were like, we got to get out of this basement. So we all went upstairs and everybody was like, oh, you guys are still down there? And we were all just kind of like, what is real? <laughs> and the moral of the story is, <laughs> that's pretty much this The moral movie. of the story is ventilation. 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 <laughs> Amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> you were all drooling. All drooling while going, <laughs> I Like confession, like when I concentrate, I totally am a drooler. Oh, me too. It's, it happens. It doesn't happen often. It's usually like I'm usually in the, trying to do something small and intricate, like hook a bracelet or something, you know, like hook a bracelet on myself. Oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh God. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Like, it's usually when I'm like hand sewing or something, like when I'm really mm-hmm. like doing something, like if I, if I concentrate too much on like using my hands, like apparently the rest of my body like loses <laughs> all control. I'm amazed I haven't peed my pants. Like, <laughs> All right. Again, we are off topic because that is how we do on this yep. podcast. So mm-hmm. too bad. Find yourself Friday. Oh my God. I know. Right. <laughs> so, okay. You ready for to do the little synopsis? I don't uh, give well, it a shot. Okay. Like I said earlier, I'm not going to get this in the right order, but I think, that's fine. I think it's fine. Apparently time is, is an illusion. Yeah. So thus is chronological order, I suppose. So, uh, the very first scene we get is one of those scenes that tells us we're starting kind of in the middle and that yes. we're going to get there. Media res. And it is three young ladies wearing fancy trench coats, digging a hole. Um, it's got a gravy feeling to it, but then uh, like a, a grave dash. Why? Oh, not? I was like, I'm like, is there a movie called gravy? Like I was trying to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> grave esque. Uh, Oh, it had a very meat goo sound to it. No. Um, <laughs> That's right. You are very anti-gravy. I hate gravy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. It's just, 
leftover meat residue mixed with flour? Gross. <laughs> you know, like it's meat glue. That's disgusting. It I mean, is. It's, it it's is you, meat glue. It's like if you were making, it's like, you know that Friends episode where she makes half a, a trifle and half a pot pie or something? Yeah. It's like that if your two pages of your craft book stuck together, but one side was paper mache and the other side was like meat, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of the Venn diagram. It's like meat on one. Paper mache on the paper other. Paper mache mat. Like gravy in the middle. <laughs> gravy in the middle. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. Um, but then we get some really... Uh, I think dreamy is the only word I can really think to yeah. describe it. Very dreamy scenes of the three girls in these like lacy nightgowns sleeping together in the in the in. The I hole. want every single bit of this wardrobe. Yeah, I want the weird these weird lacy dresses that they're wearing. Oh, I, I want live in that. I want those pajamas that are like four different colors. You know what I'm talking <gasps> about? The color block pajamas. Yeah. Oh. I yes. want the, the dress that she's running around when she's done doing the PCP. I want every <laughs> single thing. I, like, I even want when she's, like, dressed in, like, like men's clothing. Yeah. Oh she rocked God. that look. Yeah, she did. But, yeah, the the costuming in this movie. I know I'm cutting you off, but the costuming in this movie. And everything Daphne wears. All of those oh, dresses. Oh, those 1960. The green one was really oh pretty. Oh, my God. The white asymmetrical one that she wore at the end that, like, the top half was, like, half solid and half mesh. Yeah. You know, that, ugh. Every bit of it was beautiful. Like, so much tool and, uh, oh, it's so amazing. It is so, yeah. It yeah. was good. Mm. Anyway. When we get into actual, like, well, I mean, it's, like, I guess it's always quotes around actual. But when we get into <laughs> the the structured plot section, we meet mm. Petula and Tilda. The second time I watched this movie was with subtitles, so yeah! I might know some names. <laughs> Do it. Petula and Tilda in a really ratty shithole apartment or hotel or something. And they are counting drugs, and basically they're putting together, like, you know, how much money they could make off of this and what they're going to do and whatever. And, and they're so, so into this, oh, my God, we're doing so well that they don't hear the sirens until the police are banging on the door. They escape. They have to leave all the drugs. So now they're in a scenario where their drug dealer, Coco, is going to hunt them down, and they don't know what to do. So they get on a train to go to... What was it? Where are they going? Somewhere in Baltimore, I want to say. Um, Mont, I think well, Mont, I guess Montpellier, Montpellier yeah. Vermont. Yes. I cannot believe I remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I do not know how that stayed in my brain. Wow. Yeah. You're going to be like 89 years old and be like, they went to Montpellier. <laughs> right? Please don't let that be my final words. <laughs> That's not how I want to go out, man. It would be so Citizen <laughs> Kane of you, though. It would. I, All future generations would be like, what did she mean? Yeah. They went to Montpellier. <laughs> Amazing. And then there'll be like 87 year old me being like, it meant nothing. It'll be like, yeah, it'll be like some like NPR uh, podcast documentary kind of thing where they're investigating my final words and you're like, it meant nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be amazing. But then of course it'd be like misinterpreted where they're like, oh my God, she was a, she was such a visionary who understood the reality of <laughs> They only knew. They only anyway. knew. Okay. Wow. We are going weird places today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they're on a train. Uh, Tilda steals a wallet. I really love the moment where she steals the wallet from the lady and the lady quote unquote accidentally slaps her. Yes. That was, it was just so, so well done. That little moment. I thought yeah. it was funny. Um, Petula, I almost wonder if it was like an accident. 
I know. It seemed so like she really didn't look like she was expecting it. Yeah, like she, <laughs> yeah, like honestly looked like, oh shit, oh, stay smiling. <laughs> uh, Petula goes into the bathroom. She's on the phone with Coco and explaining the scenario and how, you know, all the money, they didn't get a chance to take anything with her. And the train conductor is pounding on the door trying to get her tickets. He says he reminds her or she, he recognizes her. She takes him into the bathroom, and I was expecting, you know, sex, and instead I got something so much worse. Oh my god, I didn't even think about this. This must have. This is why this movie is a horror movie to you. Yeah, I totally. I did not even did not even occur to me. I was kind of like, oh, well, that's un-, like I was caught off guard by the foot licking. But yep, I didn't even. So they're think bartering. About it. They're bartering. Where he's saying, you know, your tickets would be eighty dollars each. That's like thirty minutes, and she's like, you know, trying to talk him down. Anyway, it turns into he's trying to get time to foot worship her, which is yeah. so gross. Because if you look at her other foot, she's wearing full-on boots. Like, that foot was in a sock in a in a shoe. It I mean, tra- you can only hope it was in a sock. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the appeal, though, right? Like, foot worshippers want a sweaty, yeah. stinky foot. Oh, I don't even like those words in that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is not your day, man. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Anyway, so she buys their way on the train through this moment, and they uh, get off the train in Montpellier. We're talking about how they have half an hour, or what, half an hour? What is wrong with me? (laughs) Two days. (laughs) (sighs) You got it, you got it. I mean, meanwhile, we got some weird images jumping back and forth. Petula kisses Amir. You know, there's some moments that are dreamy. That are mm-hmm. a very unreal. Surreal. That's the word. Yeah, because I was fully grossed out by that. So you had the foot thing when she licked a bathroom mirror in a fucking On a train. train. <laughs> oh no. I was like, well, now you have strep throat and also Ebola. Like it's just no, 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 no. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather lick a foot. Yep. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're like moving on i actually might take the mirror to be completely honest really yeah, oh my I god i really feel like i would do the mirror oh my god see this is why we make a good fear factor team like we really clearly have a, a dividing line like this is your expertise this is my expertise roll yep yep <laughs> so they get to montpellier and they're talking about their time frame and they pass a homeless guy who says something that at the time makes no sense upon my second watching definitely made sense but he looks at them and he goes, you witch, you always come back. And Tilda looks upset by this, which at the time you're thinking, well, yeah, a, a homeless man just said something incomprehensible to you. I would yeah. also be unnerved. But, you know, second time watching, it makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. But Petula doesn't even seem to really notice him. They get in a cab to go see Daphne, who's living in her her mansion. Because she's a crazy rich person. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy, comma, rich. She's not crazy rich. She's crazy and also rich. There's like a Howard Hughesy vibe to her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a shut-in. They're discussing the plan. And they're talking about how, you know, Petula's trying to convince Tilda, we just have to play the game until we can find her safe. And then we can take the money and we'll be fine. But we got to play the game. You have to promise me we're going to play the game. Like, you're going to commit to this. And Tilda's very like, I don't want to do Like, Tilda seems very much like the one who doesn't want to do this. She's right. very upset about having to do this. They change into their costumes, Tilda's being schoolgirl, Petula's being doctor man. They hide their phones and stuff in the mailbox, and then Tilda goes into the house where Daphne is washing dishes, 
and Tilda immediately starts the game, which is, hi, mom, I'm home from school. And Daphne has a moment of, oh, my God someone's here they're back and but she falls right into the game as yes. as mother seamless she makes she violently makes tilda a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then starts accusing tilda of having dirty nails Oof. and then when tilda doesn't get up to go wash her nails she tries to cut them with scissors and Ugh. just Ugh. it's that Ugh. small damage stuff you know and i was like she takes off a fingertip yeah 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 Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. that'd be worse than if she took the whole finger. Yeah. Like to take just the tip. <laughs> but just as, you know, it's starting to get real close, the doorbell rings, and Tilda is saved by Petula's appearance, who, as the doctor, has shown up to to examine Tilda. Yes. At this point, I think we've learned all three rules of the game, which is everybody plays, nobody no outsiders, no outsiders and nobody leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So Petula is giving Tilda an exam, and she's doing the like. It's all reflexes. very kinky. Yeah, yeah, the reflexes test. Yes, and when someone mentions everybody plays, she has to pull out that meat tenderizer and just yeah. bashes. I mean, it makes sense when you think when you, you're later, you learn that the whole premise is that nothing is real because yeah. she bashes the shit out of her knee, and then she's yeah. like, "Fine, later." Yeah. Ugh. And like the effect was so good when she brings it back yeah. and you just see each little individual dot yeah. of trauma. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so. And then this part, I think. I mean, maybe it wasn't supposed to mean anything, but the whole thing about the measuring tape, where she's like, "Yeah, you're supposed to measure me," and she can't find the tape, or was it just supposed to reinforce the nobody leaves? As in, she didn't bring. I think everything, was, but she's not allowed to leave yeah, to go get she it. Can't, well, she can't complete the game, and she can't leave to get what she needs. Yeah. So um, she's breaking rules already, so punishments must be dealt. Yep. Um, and then we get, I really loved the shot of Daphne making the make believe stew. And it reminded yeah. me of make believe stew. You know, when you're a yeah. kid and you play cook and it's just like flowers that you find and like yeah, whatever totally. you dump into. It was 100% something that every kid has done where you make like backyard mud pie stew or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Until she adds the poison, obviously. But you know, and up until that point, I was like, oh. I used to do that. Well, I guess I didn't put poison in it, but <laughs> well, at least not intentionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I mixed some herbs that would have killed a person if I'd eaten. But you probably. Know. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but then we have dinner where Tilda is tied to the chair. All the food is candy, and uh, Petula and Tilda get a hushed conversation about like, we, you know, we have to go. And Petula is still trying to convince Tilda just to commit, play the game. We'll find the safe. And right. then we'll go, you know? Yes. Um, but apparently their talking makes Daphne uncomfortable, so she separates them by being like, oh, doctor, you must be tired. I'll show you to your room. And they leave Tilda tied to the table, or tied to the chair at the table. Um, Petula gets shown to her room. And then we get some more weird dreamy sequences with Tilda in a bathroom and some hair and a hairbrush and yeah. some lights and... Various bits of of strangeness, but then Tilda's still tied to the table, so tied yeah. to the chair at the table. God damn it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> she's tied, and also she's at a table. She's tied, comma, at a table. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, Petula's in her room, and she hears a sound, and she looks over, and her doorknob's doing a weird, freaky little dance. Yeah. So she thinks it's Tilda. So she gets up to go find Tilda and finds Daphne in the kitchen. 
and her excuse, Petula's excuse, is that she's just up for a drink, you know, a glass of water. Then we get some weird sexy knife play. Yeah. And then some weird make believe sex. Yeah. With Tilda playing in a man's role. I mean, I don't know how make believe the sex was. It seems pretty legit sex. Yeah, but I mean, there was no sperm involved. And as we found out later, there was imaginary sperm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which Tilda hears the sex, and then is it just like dream stuff before they meet at the mailbox again? I think. Sure. I think it's just dream stuff, weird things, images of stuff. Yes. Water flowing backwards, etc. And then, um, Tilda's at the mailbox trying to get into the lock. There's now a chain that's been locked around it. Yeah. She's trying to get the lock undone because she wants to check her phone, but Petula meets her out there and she's like, what are you doing? You're going to get us caught, you know? And. And Tilda's still very, like, I just, this sucks. Like, I don't, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. She's crazy. I just want to go, you know? And Petula's still like, no, 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 no. We need that money because Coco's going to kill us. And, yeah, I don't know, you know if we said, but they're there because they're looking for her safe. Yeah. The rich friend's I, safe. Did yeah. we say that? I can't remember. I mentioned it. Okay, good, good, good. I good. don't know how clearly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you did. So then Tilda asks to have another Vicodin. Or she, you know, she says she wants another whatever. And yum, Petula's, yum. Yeah, and Petula's warning her, like, I think you've had enough, and Tilda throws a fit, and so Petula gives it to her, and that's when Tilda finds out the things that she's been taking that she thinks are Vicodin are actually PCP. And then we get PCP time with Tilda, which yeah. is really cool to see. All this the, is I love maybe my favorite part of the movie. I loved all the colors and the running around, but yeah. she sees um, the past version of the three girls as little kids running around, so she runs after them. We get a little bit of background flashback. Of the three of them playing, excuse me, the three of them playing in a, in a tree house and they get into a fight because Tilda, little Tilda doesn't want to play the doctor game anymore. Yeah. And she thinks it's dumb. And Daphne gets pushed out of the tree house and taken to the hospital where Tilda and Petula have to talk to a policeman and Petula's little Petula was weirdly seemed like the one who was going to grow up evil in this scene. She just seemed very like, hmm. This is fine. You know, like yeah. when the police officer asks her how it happened and she just holds out the creepy little doll and drops it. Uh huh. Like, you know, which the police officer ends up keeping, we find out later. And then I, again, I know a lot of this is just fantasy and I didn't really, this didn't bother me, but it's just like the fact that she was in the hospital, she'd fallen out of a tree and the doctor was like, oh, she probably won't have kids. Like, you can tell that by looking at a nine year old who fell out of a tree like how extensive yeah. were these tests that we did i was, what I was but trying I to figure it, out like, like what all happened what did she break our back like i don't understand like yeah because how did blunt force disintegrate her uterus i don't, I don't know. know but i think also know. it's probably it, you know maybe it's one of those things where it's like the reality is that it wasn't until years later that something happened to daphne that caused her to be infertile or maybe she's not infertile at all she just has never you know met someone who could impregnate her but like this yeah. is the story that they yeah, came maybe. up with you know i don't know it it didn't bother me that this was a weird you know plot wise or whatever it was fine um meanwhile petula is in the house just having an awful time on drugs uh crawling through the halls and trying to stand upright and whatnot at one point she arms come out of a, of a doorway and burn her forearm mm-hmm. she's just not having as much fun as tilda is even though no. tilda's re- reliving a childhood trauma yeah but you know um eventually they meet back up outside or no uh, petula finds keys 
the car keys. Right. So she runs outside and she's like, Tilda, we're leaving. We're just going to go. And um, before they can do that, Daphne just bashes them both over the head with a baseball bat, which Damn. is the second injury in this movie that didn't seem to have much of an after effect, which at the yeah. time I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. But after having seen it, I'm like, never mind. It does, because that's just part of the game. Yeah. Nobody's actually getting that hurt, I think. It's just that's part of the story that they play out or whatever. But um, I think it's somewhere in this moment where we meet the police officer again, who's a detective now. Yes. And he still has the creepy little doll. He seems to have... It's a keychain on his police car keys now. He seems to be somewhat of a bachelor because i don't really understand what why he did what he did with the cereal but he didn't like it it was like part old milk part water and mm -hmm. then and then half vomit in the sink i don't know he wasn't a fan of what his own of his own decision making at that point but he goes to the police station where we see missing persons posters for both tilda and petula which again at the time i was like that seems premature like these two weren't exactly people who it would be noticed if yeah. they, you know, and it's only been a day or something. You know? Right. So it seems, again, once you get to the end, you're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're it's, right. Like, because, yeah, it's like entire offices papered with pictures of them, which should have been a clue that something was hinky. Right. Why, even if it had been a while, would he have 30 of these posters in his freaking office? But it didn't for me trigger that thought i, I just know. was like hmm. i think i was so like already on a back foot with this movie you know what i mean because it's just such a surreal experience that when things that would normally look like weird plot holes present themselves in this movie you're just like whatever <laughs> it is what it is i just watched someone t tied up in their own braids yeah it's i guess so why not <laughs> yeah. at this point just go with it uh, when we get back to the mansion this is where they're tied up in their own braids right yes when they come to yeah. Yeah. So they come to and they're tied up in braids and Daphne is telling them like, oh, the outside world and I've never changed. This house hasn't changed your home. You know, and she's in this delusion that they are her daughters somewhat. My dolls. My dolls. Mother's here. Yeah. When someone knocks, someone's at the door. So the detective Siegel shows up at the house and he's like, someone reported screaming and Daphne's like, oh, I changed. I'm on new medication and, you know, whoops. And he sees a leak, so he comes in to inspect it, and that's what, how they get to talking. He sees a picture of the three girls, and he says something about, like, oh, you know, have you talked to them recently? And Daphne's just like, oh, no, I don't have a computer. I don't have a TV. I never leave the house, blah, blah, blah. Um, we find out that her grandparents died recently and close together. And he goes into a thing about how these two girls were bad influences, how evil they were bad or whatever and daphne goes into this rant about how they were geniuses and the world didn't know how to just rejected them and yeah she makes some comment about like now the world will know what it's like to be without them which gives her a way that they're in the house you know yeah. but the, detective siegel doesn't have a warrant doesn't really have proof he hears some but he banging. has probable cause right i was like he's going she's gonna kill him with those scissors but i also thought that yeah yeah which I guess she kind of does later. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so he leaves, but he warns her, like, you know, they're fugitives. So, you know, and she did not know that previously, judging yes. by the look on her face. Without explanation, he leaves. Suddenly, they're no longer tied up in braids, and they're consensually at a dinner. Right, with the pancakes and the licorice on top that said, now you're all safe. 
Yes. And Tilda's wearing that amazing little romper that I want so oh, bad. It looks so, so comfy. It looked all silky and in the colors. The and costumes. It was, oh, the costumes. I want that little romper so much. So much. I want to sleep in it. I want to live in it. I know. Anyway, so uh, Daphne sends Tilda away to go wash her hands because, you know, she's mother and Tilda's daughter. And that's when she breaks into... An amazing evil riddle scene. It's super creepy. It's delivered so well. I loved it so much because it's like it could go it could have gone so cheesy. Yeah. So easily. It yeah. could have been so bad. And I loved I don't know. I don't know if it's her delivery or the words or both. I don't know. I yeah. it worked Madeline, really well, I this, think. Let's just take a moment to just say how good Madeline Brewer is. Oh, in this as movie. playing a crazy person, yes. She is I mean, everything I've seen her in, she's been great. Yeah, but mostly I just recognized her from Handmaid's Tale. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She's very she's very good in this role. She was also in Orange is the New Black, but I don't you didn't really get to see how great she was until some Was of these... she really? Was she later? In the se- later uh, season, she's at least in the second season. She has like um cornrows. Oh yeah. Crazy, oh, right? Right? Isn't that nuts? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you're right. They did not utilize her. No, <laughs> she performs the riddle, and Petula. Yeah, and she tells Petula like, "If you finish the game before me, I will let you go. You can have the safe." So Petula runs out of the room because she thinks that Daphne's done something to Tilda. But Tilda's just hiding around the corner and stops her, and is like, "No, no, no, you go." Solve the riddle, find the safe, I'll stay, you know, whatever. So Daphne leaves with Tilda, and now we get sort of like a, a race against time within a race against time, because already we were on a on a ticking clock of yeah. these two days before Coco comes to kill them for sacrificing all their drugs to the police. But now Petula feels like she has to hurry and, and solve this riddle because she has to finish the game before Daphne, and also she's left Tilda with Daphne, and she doesn't know what's going to happen to Tilda while she's right. doing all this. So she solves the riddle and it's a, you know, it's all sorts of, of what is it? Finish your day with the mirror. And somehow she puzzles together very quickly that she has to make the room dark and she then look in the mirror. Excellent at a room escape. I was, I thought the exact same thing <laughs> while watching this. I was like, holy shit, that's her game. She'd be, I mean, you'd be she in and out crunch. of that thing in 20 minutes. Right. Right. They'd be like you have an hour and Petra would be like. We'd just be slowing her down, man. I know. <laughs> and then the one clue that I thought I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this was the Shatter Times Illusion. I was like, oh, she's going to smash a clock. And then she just gently took a calendar off a wall. And I was like, oh, that was the one that I was sure I understood. And yeah. I was still no. wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. it's always smash a clock. I thought it was smash a clock as well. To be fair, I was sure it was smash a clock. Every other riddle that has included a line about, you know, shattering time or stopping time or, yeah. or you smash know, it's always been smash a clock. Yeah. And now I'm imagining me in that scenario where I figured it all out and then I'm just running around just randomly smashing clocks being like, it's going to be one of you. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, it's actually a clue within a clue. You don't even realize that you're getting a plot clue with this clue. Did we? What well, was it? Did I miss it? Because it's the calendar. Yeah, I didn't really understand the significance of the calendar. But, well, no matter how I know many, it's the same day, but I think that's telling you that time doesn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh twisty twist. Oh, there are many layers. Yes. Anyway, she gently removes the calendar and finds the safe, and puts together the numbers that have also been with the clues, and she gets into the safe. Which I this in my second watching realized that this should have also been a clue that this was. Not very real because she doesn't do the safe right. 
You know, like, you, yeah. you know, if you go one direction and you miss the number, you have to go all the way back around. Yeah. You can't just quickly. And she was just going back and forth willy nilly. I was like, that's not how safes work. No, but... trust me. I've spent enough time standing in front of a locker cursing. No, that's <laughs> not <laughs> how those fuckers work. <laughs> that's not. No. And now I'm realizing, you know, especially second watching and, you know, whatever, that that had to have been part of the game for Petula, even though, you know, the whole thing is that she doesn't remember whatever she's doing yeah. these things over and over again. But on some level she is aware because she's doing the safe wrong, but she still, you know, quote unquote, can't open it until she gets all the numbers, even though obviously that safe is not a functioning safe. Yeah. You know? But mm. anyway, so she gets in, she gets the money. She finds Tilda in her room where Tilda is writing in a journal about how, you know, Petula is going to ruin the game or, you know, she's trying to run away again and all yeah. this. And uh, Petula runs in and she's like, I found the money. We can leave. We need to go now. And she's packing the bag. And Daphne, for some reason, just seems very like, oh, I don't want to. Like, do we do we have to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they leave. They're walking. Daphne's just being just or Tilda. a total. Or, yeah, yeah. Tilda is being a total stick in the mud. And they make it to a road where Petula's trying to hitchhike and Tilda's just sitting on the suitcase. And they get into an argument because Petula's like, can you just like stand up and help me try to flag someone down? And Tilda's like, but I'm tired. I This is stupid. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And uh, Petula's yelling at her about like, I just need you to help me do this. And then just gets nailed by a car. Yeah. Which is the third injury in this movie that didn't really seem to have much after effect. Yep. That one more first, to go. You know, before I get to the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, before I got to the end and I was like, oh, that's why. That's why none of those mattered. Yeah. But anyway, she gets nailed by the car and she, uh, oh, and then we get Detective Siegel again for a minute where they have brought in the homeless dude from the beginning who mm -hmm. was like, you keep coming back, you witch. Yeah. And he says he's seen them. And everybody else is kind of like you're crazy old man but detective seagull is like where you know how long ago whatever um and eventually we'll follow the clues back to the mansion or follow you know the guy and probably a hunch of some sort back to the mansion and you think one of two things is going to happen either he will successfully extract them if you don't know that there's a lot left on the runtime or uh, daphne's gonna kill him yeah 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 but that's not really how it goes down yeah. right right but we cut back to petula and tilda who have Tilda or Petula, who's come to after being hit by a car, she's yeah. strapped into a wheelchair, and Daphne's like, "I said you could leave, but I didn't say Tilda could leave, and I didn't finish the game, and you know, or you didn't finish the game, whatever it was." So she wheels her into a room where Tilda's somewhat trapped. I mean, I, it's probably fear-based trapping, but she's under she's under a an upside down crib. The shot itself right. is upside down. But the crib is also upside down because it's legs in the air so that the um, lore of it, the bottom of it, is mm -hmm. like a ceiling. Anyway, um, Daphne gives some creepy speeches, commits to poisoning, or commits. Um, Confesses? Oh, no. Confesses! That's the word. <laughs> Teamwork! Confesses to poisoning her grandparents because they wanted to get her a caretaker. And then just full on joker's petula's face yeah which all the i mean all the previous violence was not exactly like it wasn't like oh i bet she's about to get hit by a car or whatever yeah but this was probably the most unexpected for me yeah. bit of violence that happened because it's just it's it's a unique violent act yeah and holy shit is it like commitment that's yeah. where probably that word was yes. trying to pop out yes we got there <laughs> um 
And it's also, you know, it's the the fourth time that there's like a major violent act that didn't really seem to have much aftermath. You know, like she she's hurt, obviously. She's screaming, but it doesn't stop her from speaking or going about all the rest of the physical acts of the movie and later that makes sense but at the time i was like i feel like that would affect her more yeah i think again it's one of those inexplicable like just kind of jumps to a new space and time where now tilda and petula are kind of crouched in a corner and tilda somehow looks like she's been crying blood but i we don't really you know again well, I think it's she's now... been cut because she's oh. like she's like she's i haven't like taken a... your eyes yet or yes whatever. Yeah. so i think those are cuts under her eyes Oh. Which is interesting because, like, together they create almost like a clown face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creep. I thought she was just wearing some sort of makeup that when she cried looked like blood to me. I was like, I'm probably just interpreting that wrong. But yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I'll, I like that, too. The blood clown face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, And this is when Tilda or uh, Daphne comes in and tells them that they can leave because she's going to have a baby and she needs to get all these things ready for the baby. And Tilda loses her mind and starts like screaming at her. And um, uh, Daphne says that the baby is doctors from their affair in the kitchen that night. And that's what kind of inspires Petula into action, who she takes on the doctor role again. And it's like, oh, we need to rush you in for a procedure. It's for the baby. And Daphne, who just is so thrilled to be playing the game again, is like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So they start to play surgery in which Daphne or uh, Tilda and Petula are going to murder Daphne. But instead, Detective Siegel has been creeping up on them. And he bursts into the room and pulls his whole, you know, hands behind your head business and As he's apprehending Petula and Tilda, Daphne, quote-unquote, wakes up from the anesthesia and stabs him in the back. Um, Petula kind of scurries away against a wall, and Tilda and Daphne just go to town on this guy, and they they smush him up real good. He gets gets real good. And this is, the thing is, is up until this point... Like, Tilda has always been the more reluctant to play yeah. the game. And so it's so unexpected when that she's she, turned like that. That yeah. she is a excited and enthusiastic participant in the most violent thing that they've done. Yeah, because she voluntarily starts participating. It's not like Tilda makes her. Or, I mean, Daphne makes her. And when it's, I mean... The guy's got to be a puddle at the point that Daphne hands Petula the meat tenderizer. But everybody plays. So, you know. Um, and then we get back to a scene that is now like, oh, this is where we started. Okay, now I kind of more understand this. Except for not really, because it's not exactly the same. But we get to them digging the grave to hide the bags of Detective Siegel. And... uh the Daphne and Tilda are still wearing the mat, the surgical masks, and this is why they're all in their fancy trench coats and whatnot. Uh, they bury Detective Siegel, and then they realize that they still have his police car. But Petula was forward-thinking enough to steal his keys, which have the creepy little doll tied to the doll from the hospital scene yeah. on them. So they dispose of the car. And I actually kind of liked this moment when Petula's trying to push the car and can't. Yeah. So Daphne gets up and helps her and they can push it a little, but they can't really do it. So Daphne calls Tilda and then all three of them are able to push the car. I don't know. I liked that little, that moment. I don't know why. It just, it seemed like, I think maybe because before that they're all playing these characters and it's so, you know, weird and make-believe. And this was a moment where they were actually like, 
like realistic like hey tilda we can't do, you, you gonna help or something you know like they were like actual adults doing something mm-hmm. even though it was hiding a, the car of a man that they murdered but well, you know it's, it's interesting that they're unable to move the car until all three of i mean like obviously i understand the muscle strength but there's something thematic happening there that when they are united they're able to actually move the car oh i didn't think of it that way i like that though. yeah well, I mean, we'll get into some Freudian shit when we get into themes. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> for that because you always come to the table with some stuff. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of, like, dazzle camouflage going on with this movie where, like, it's so, like, visually overwhelming. I feel like you, you I was, you were smart to watch it multiple times. I should have watched it multiple times. But I do have some ideas about it. But we'll get there. Um, so they dump they dump the car in a lake. They we get a shot of the little keychain floating to the surface of the little creepy doll or whatever. And when we go back to the mansion, now we're all playing the game, and they're sitting. And I don't know. I I I don't know. I feel like their poses at this table were supposed to mimic some sort of probably classic artwork or something because they were all very posy. But I don't yeah. know what it was. Um, you know. I mean, I think they are mimicking. Are you talking about when they're? Oh, when they're in the grave? I mean, I think there's a lot of allusions to them looking like the three dolls that are in her room. Oh, I meant when they're at the... Because they go back to the dinner table after this, right? Oh, right. And it's all covered in desserts and Petula's face is healed and they're all... Well, I think really they look like it. like it looks kind of like a, um, a tea party, right? Like when you that you play with your dolls. Like a... What's... Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. What's-her-face from Toy Story? Mrs... Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You don't remember that from Toy Story where, like, Buzz Lightyear gets taken by the sister of the neighbor? Oh, Mrs. Nesbitt! <laughs> yes, Mrs. Nesbitt! Thank you! <laughs> yeah, it's very Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> oh, dang it. That's going to be mine now. I'm going to be on my deathbed and be like, Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, I love Mrs. Nesbitt. I saw someone cosplaying as Mrs. Nesbitt once. Where they had like the Buzz the Lightyear, but with That's the little amazing. Daisy the little hat. Oh, yes. so it was like one of my all-time favorite cosplays. That's genius. That's that is a genius, genius move right there. It's genius. Especially <laughs> because it was like really well done. Like they had made the the armor and stuff. Like it was it was incredible. That's such a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, I totally sidetracked us again, Mrs. No, Nesbitt. I needed to revisit Mrs. Nesbitt. There was a moment of bright, sparkling joy. Indeed. Am I drunk? Am I? Oh, I'm, I'm not even too. drinking. How am I already drunk? <laughs> So now the, all three, like, all three of them have fully bought into playing the game. And this is when we get to, like, sort of, it's sort of montage where we see Petula fully embracing the role of father. Yes. Excuse me. Um, shaving, and then there's blood at a point. Yeah. Uh, Tilda fully being the child and causing a ruckus and being a brat while poor Daphne who was the one who was like play the game with me and then in this was I just gave off that whole like why did I start this game god damn it this kid is driving me insane but it, it's yeah. interspersed with them taking these family roles while also taking on very childlike roles at times where they're like pillow mm-hmm. fighting you know and the train well, they're like is fully going. regressed into girlhood like fully yeah. regressed into girlhood yeah yeah um and so we get scenes of that and then we are in the like the the yard basically and Tilda's twirling around and being a little kid and wanders off so Daphne goes after her and Petula who is now fully doctor father 
who had fallen asleep, wakes up and everybody's gone. So she goes out and she's looking for, for Tilda mm. and Daphne. And we see Daphne kind of, or Tilda kind of hiding in the back about around stuff or whatever. And when Petula steps up to go look for her, bloody Detective Siegel steps out of nowhere and mm-hmm. Petula screams. But she immediately turns around into Daphne and Tilda, who are just, you know, they didn't see him. He wasn't there or whatever. And they're just like, what are you doing? And Tilda makes a comment that I think is... Um, Probably really telling of something. I just don't know she what said, it we, is. We like having yeah, someone chase you us. Just, we just like thinking someone's looking for us. But I don't. I didn't connect what she... I mean, is that just part of the game? I don't know. I couldn't really figure out what, um, what the deeper meaning of well, that Well, I mean, was. I know later on we see the paints. I don't know if you noticed that. The, the paints were... Or seagull. Yeah. yeah. So I think the idea is that they are imagining him into being because they like that part of the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought there might have been something more to that, but it didn't really... I don't know. Anyway, so Petula is now like, okay, something's going on. So she grabs a shovel and she goes out to unbury Detective Siegel, but of course there's no one there because they didn't bury anyone. At least at least not this round. Um, she goes into the house and she's very like, what the fuck is going on? And sits down on the couch and we get lots of kind of montage cuts back between being in the house and being on the train and things are a little off kilter and a little strange and she realizes so on the train okay this i'm gonna have to say in the beginning when she puts her gum under the chair and then we get a quick shot of the couch with all the gum yeah and i honestly saw that and was like oh she's already in the house no that doesn't make sense shut up marsh just watch the movie and then when it happened, it was like, son of a bitch! It was in the house. She was in the house. <laughs> but at the time, I had no idea where this movie was going to go because I didn't, I didn't, I mean, as per usual, I did not do any research on this movie mm-hmm. before I started it. I my The most research I did was finding it on Amazon and being like, that's the one I'm going to watch. So I didn't, you know, really do any more delving than just what the premise on Amazon was. So when I had that thought, I was like, oh, she's already in the house. And I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. I'll just watch the movie. But anyway, turns out she was. She finds the journal under the couch and it's got, I think it's written from her, from Tilda's perspective, right? Where she's saying that uh, Petula's still trying to escape and we've come up with a punishment, you know? And, uh, this is when Daphne walks in wearing just another dress that I love so much, Ugh, that white one. So I love good. the white one so much. So good. And she's good. like, I think it's good that you found it because maybe now you'll stop trying to run away. And now maybe we can really play the game. And this is where we find out that this is on a loop, that this keeps happening, where Petula, you know, goes through all this whole game, then forgets, and then Tilda leads her back, and they go through the game, and then Petula forgets, and apparently it's just been round upon round upon round. And she's like, what? You know, how many rounds is it? And Daphne tells her to look at her arms, and you know, because they've given her a burn for every time she's tried to run away. And her right. arms are just covered in burns. Yeah. And so uh, Petula is screaming for Tilda, and she's like, we gotta leave, we gotta leave. And this is where the twisty twist happens. Yeah. Where it turns out Daphne is not exactly the game maker in this situation. No. Tilda is the one who's in control. Yeah. Especially when, and it's really reinforced when Tilda's like, go to your room, Daphne. And Daphne's just like, oh, I'm in trouble. And like, just leaves. And I was like, yeah, yeah well, I gotta go to my room. Um, And it's, you know, this, we get a couple of illusions shattered where Tilda's like, do you even know what Coco looks like? And she knows the whole conversation that 
Petula has on the phone with him in the bathroom on the train, which always keeps leading me back to then who the fuck actually licked her foot because it had to have been one of those girls, right? <laughs> well, I mean... Unless it was all a figment of her imagination. I don't think it really happened. It's gross. I mean, except for that, like, in to the degree, degree that, like, when you, like, their imaginations, their dreams, they're, like, manifesting them to some degree. So if you look at it through that perspective, then it was this imaginary guy that they, like, conjured out of their minds. Yeah. Or it didn't happen at all. So we'll go with that one because I feel like that one gives you more peace. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> anyway, possibly no one licked a foot. I, that's the world I choose to live in. Uh, everything falls apart for Petula and she kind of, she gives in, she kind of accepts that this is it, you know? Yeah. So then we get more montage of the girls being little children, you know, drawing and painting and playing with toys and dolls and things like that, um, which slowly devolves into all of their suicides. Yes. Where Tilda, you know, slits her wrist in a bathtub, Petula hangs herself. And Daphne takes poison and wanders away into the garden. And that shot of her dead on the bench was such a Vogue, like, magazine shot. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was so pretty. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But now they're they're all dead, right? Maybe not, because then we get (laughs) a shot of the, the mailbox, right? And it's got vines growing on it. We get various shots inside of the house where things are broken and dusty and mis you know disused and stuff but someone an older woman is humming row 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 your boat and washing a dish at the sink and then we get that that bird's eye shot of a of an older lady's hand ringing the doorbell and she stops and breaks the you know drops her dish and then we hear tilda's voice going mom i'm home and then we're left with questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can go with this movie. Is this all in her head? Do these other people even exist beyond her childhood? Or because even were they... Daphne, older Daphne's voice was still young Daphne's voice. Yes. But older Daphne's hand was older. I don't know. Yeah. And also, like, it was the same audio of when Tilda came in the first time. Mm-hmm. So, and there's this idea oh, that, Oh, yeah. Like, I, meant, I meant Tilda. Did I say Daphne? I meant Tilda. Oh, yeah. There's also this idea that the friends were always imaginary friends. Oh. And that when grandparents were saying they were bad influences, what they were trying to actually do was get the altars out of her. Yeah. And it would make sense why... Maybe there was some other medical thing that happened that had nothing to do with falling out of a tree that was, was the reason that she was infertile. There's lots of different ways you can think about it, especially when you think about the, the archetypes of the three characters. Like if you put it into, this is what I was saying, the Freud thing. There's the three parts of your consciousness, according to Freud, which is like the id, the ego, and the superego. Okay. And each of the characters represent that. So Tilda is the child, which is the representative of the id. And it's like all instinct and it's all like petulance and in impulsiveness. So things like jumping into the killing of, of the cop or the way that she behaves on the train with the guy where she like teases him for a minute and then gets like really angry. Like that's yeah. all very it. Cause all she all very... keeps wanting to take all the drugs. Yes. And like, yes, exactly. Like the sensation seeking, the greed, like all the, like the, the, all, all that is like your it, right. That's your, your inner child and your instincts. There's a super ego, which is like morality and the person that's like in control 
and um that is daphne right like she's running the game ostensibly she's the one that's like she's making the rules kind she's of. the one right or, she's yeah. the one who creates the rules and then the ego is the person who's like in charge and so that's definitely the petula character where like until we have that twist in the later part where the ego loses control and id and super ego take over like she is the person who's we're gonna go there we're gonna play the rules we've got to do it she's the one that's like dealing out the punishment to the id and keeping the id under control when the id tries to like run off and get the the um phones or it's the ego that's kind of trying to rein some of that in and to be like the boss in that situation and so if you think about these being three parts of her psyche it makes sense that this would all be in daphne's head that's yeah that's really i like that that's interesting so yeah so there's that theory i think that's probably to me, the I one that makes the most sense. Yeah. Because yeah, then. Say, that's the one I most accept, I think. Because then, like, it makes sense why none of the injuries matter. It makes sense why. Why Petula somehow isn't remembering this over and over and over again. Right. You know, which I know can be explained also in being like, well, maybe it's like trauma based, or there's. Maybe she actually subconsciously wants to play the game, and part of the game is trying to get away and then giving in and then getting away and forgetting, you know, like, right. but that those feel like stretches to me more than this is all the whole game is being played in Daphne's head. Right. With these two characters. It also makes sense why the part of the psyche that is in charge of reality is the one that at that is kind of a liability in this situation and is always trying to break out of this dream world. that's why she wants to leave is because she's the one that's like she represents reality oh this is this is much more interesting (laughs) than what i thought it was what did you think it was i mean i don't know that this is what it is this is my theory i really just thought it was two crazy people and a third person who doesn't know she's crazy oh i mean that could be too i mean because remember we listened to or we watched that episode a long time ago that was like the folie a do this would be like folie a trois is that three (laughs) 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 where you feed into each other's madness to the point where you begin to believe it and it becomes a feedback loop that is also a totally legit yeah i mean i was willing willing to believe that petula is crazy was just a little bit more like subtle i guess where you know she was going through these cycles legitimately you know maybe not legitimately but at least surface level forgetting or Mm -hmm. uh, you know tricking herself into thinking she's forgetting and doing this over and over again because it's part of the game or because you know whatever but it felt stretchy to me it felt a little bit of a reach i mean that's kind of where i initially thought it was going a little bit because like their relationship is so built around drama even before there was the situation where you've gotten you're getting into torture and stuff the injury that she sustains as a kid is is something where you could like you could see there being some sort of bond here that was not super healthy yeah and also like i kind of thought on like a thematic level what they were trying to get at was things the dangers of three in friendships you know how, like, not as an adult, I feel like I I have lots of situations where there's three girlfriends in a group. But when you think about childhood and, oh, like, yeah, the era... Oh, yeah, it's always two ganging up ooh, on one. the three friends do not work in elementary school. Very no. rarely. Because, yeah, there is a, there's a meanness that comes out when you put three girls together in that particular, like, stage of development. And the, if you look at the movie, there's, like, various times where the number three is present. There's three X's and the neon sign in their home. There's, like, mm-hmm. three candles. There's Everything is in, in groups of threes and eights, which are, like, eights are infinity, and then threes are 
representative of them. So I was like, oh, are they getting, she's trying to get at like sort of like a horizontal hostility of childhood friendships with three. And I don't know ultimately how I feel about that. I totally see how you got there with your theory because it does, especially not the final act, but the, all the previous acts do track with that idea, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why it felt like a reach for me because it, it worked until it didn't. Right. Really. And like, I was like, is this, I mean, we love us bending reality time loop thing in general. So like, I was like, I I thought I had cracked the code. I was like, oh, we're in a time loop. And in a way, cyclical thinking, you just like run through it over and over and over again, which so that kind of is the mental sort of time loop Mm -hmm. that I think they're in. Yeah, this movie is a total mindfuck. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so you know what's what's weird, though, is that I feel like I got through it, events anyway, in sequential order, much easier than I do with the linear you story. You know what? You did really well. Right? Like, shockingly well. I haven't done this good in a long time. So what did you think of this movie? I, I liked it. I really liked it. Uh-huh. But I mean, you know me, I love a weird movie. Yeah. And it doesn't... Like, it doesn't stick in my craw if I don't fully understand most of the time. There are some exceptions, obviously. But, you know, I can walk away from a movie that I don't fully understand and be like, that was... And I mean, I maybe I was just overcome by the visuals. Yeah. Because it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. That maybe that's... You know, it was... if it, I'm a crow. It was a shiny movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. liked it. Oh, I'm so glad. I liked it, too. And I... Sometimes surreal movies... If I don't have a plot or a character to hold on to, I have trouble. I don't feel like there's nothing I can hold on to and I'm not as engaged. And I worry when I watch a surreal movie that's going to be the case. And I found myself never, I was always drawn into the movie. I never felt myself kind of falling out of it. Even And I was engaged and interested, even though nothing was making sense. And that was fine. Yeah. And I think in part, like you said, it, it's just so visually beautiful. And I think that there's something to be said about that, that there's lots of different ways to enjoy a movie. And some of them are intricate plotting or really compelling performances or just really interesting ideas it explores. And I think this one, primarily, it's a movie that is just delicious for your eyes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like I love The Cell. I have no idea if I like the plot. I mean, it's but I love so it. dumb, but I want to look at that movie all the right? time. It's so cool looking. Oh my God. It's so, it's like all the dreams I wish I, well, not all the dreams no. I wish I had. <laughs> I, Some dreams I wish I'd had. But I'm like that. I, I feel differently about this. I think this is a movie that I would cautiously recommend to other people. They need to be people who are like willing to just sit with a movie. You have to be willing to just like enjoy a mood piece. Yeah. And if you do, I would say... Yeah, or if you like, if you're a fan of like '70s Italian horror, you're all in on the like Argento or Bava mm-hmm. kind of thing, where you're just like very excited by colors, like myself. That's not that is in no way an insult. Like no, <laughs> I'm, uh, like you, like you, if you were a crow, I was a magpie. Like anything shiny and pretty, I'm about it. Like if you watch the original Suspiria and are like there for the beautiful, super hyper pigmented color, this is that only in pastels. That PCP scene where all the colors are like negative, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't figure out if they actually dyed their hair pink. 
but I was so, it, or if it yeah. was After Effects, it was so cool looking. It did look really cool. I <gasps> love that. So pretty. And normally I hate uh, seeing the movie through the eyes of the person who's tripping I, scenes. Yes. But this I really loved. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make me watch someone else's drug trip, make it pretty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie does. Um, the camera work is really cool. And I, now I can't say, this is something I read, that they specifically had a couple they did a couple things they had the outsides outside look really kind of like dull in its color palette versus the world of imagination that's inside to create that juxtaposition of Mm -hmm. the real world and the fantasy world it's much more static outside whereas inside it starts playing with things being upside down and all of the shots are done to look uh not all but many of the shots are done to like create like renaissance tableaus yeah and like very classical kind of framing like idyllic kind of yes and so that's meant to kind of visually represent the difference between inside and outside of the house that i think is really cool like i said it's just a great looking movie yeah 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 all right any other things you want to say about this um no i think i mean i think i agree with you i would recommend it but only to certain people like i don't think it would be an across the board recommendation it would have to be someone that i know likes the arty farty stuff yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. someone who can appreciate that and not be there just for action or scary you know like yeah but i think i think i think you nailed it i think that we're on a really strong streak right now of (laughs) picking movies that nail it yay i know we had a rough patch but i feel like we're coming back we did but we're hitting our stride again you know so excited to see it's like when a sports team has a bad season Mm -hmm. and then they come back and everybody's like oh they hit their slump but they're getting out of it yeah stream queens are back baby we're back (laughs) that's the first time i've ever said that phrase before in my life by the way well first of many i hope i saved it for this (laughs) apparently so if you were to watch this again or recommend someone watch it which we do what should they be drinking while they watch it so I know I made a joke about this earlier, but I am going to seriously suggest absence. <laughs> you mean- earlier, I made the joke of saying, and this, for everyone who's listening, was in chat. This is not something that was cut out of the podcast, but <laughs> earlier when Rachel was reminding me to come up with a drink and I said, I probably shouldn't, quote unquote, suggest absence with a roofie in it, but that's what feels like fits here. Yeah. Um because I would not suggest absence with a roofie. I think I would suggest absinthe, though. And I know absinthe doesn't actually any longer. Have the wormwood have, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Have the hallucinar- hallucination. Whoa, what's the word I'm looking for? Hallucinatory? Hallucinogenic? Properties. Um, but, you know, theme-wise, I feel like. Yeah. It, you know, it's got that weird, classy, like, we're classy people, but we're also doing something really dumb kind of feel to it. And there's also, like, when you drink it, you're supposed to, like, pour it over a sugar cube. Yeah. Like, it fits. Okay, that's good. I had a backup suggestion for you, but I actually I want to think... hear it. Well, yours is so good. Are you sure? Yeah. So my backup suggestion was Pinnacle County Fair uh, Cotton Candy French Vodka. <laughs> Wow, that's fancy. So it's, I mean, it's cotton candy flavored vodka. (laughs) That fits pretty well, too, I think. I was just thinking about, like, sort of the fluffy, super sweet childhood treat in vodka. While also having a really strong adult consequence to it. Yes. So I would say if you can get your hands on some real absinthe, that's the primary uh, companion. But if you can't. If you drink it the right way with the sugar cube and everything. Isn't there fire at some point? There might be. 
I think there might be fire. There should be. Too. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great companion. Definitely some tasty absinthe with a sugar cube. I don't think we have any listener mail. Unfortunately, my email has been besieged by spam. So if I missed it, I will get to it. I just got to get through this freaking spam. So do, but do still send us emails. Do I, not let it discourage you. <laughs> as I just discouraged the like one person that was considering writing. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. And you can also find us on the Facebook page. Come visit us over there. Leave us messages. We are definitely there. It is not a spam problem. We would love to hear from you. We are definitely lurking on this on the Facebook page. So you should come and join us. And iTunes. Yes. And if you enjoy the show, you know what to do. Leave us a review on iTunes five stars. All right. So that just leaves us with one last thing. Mars, you are next up for picking the movies. What are we going to watch on episode 36? We are going to watch something that you have seen. And Ooh. I know this. But you have recommended it to me a couple of times, and oh it fortuitously is the next movie on my Netflix oh, list that I'm supposed to watch fate. anyway. So, which I just need to say, this is the third time that it's happened when uh, for Netflix movies. Obviously not third time in a row, because the last movie was Amazon Prime. But the last three Netflix movies that we've picked have been movies that were on my list that I hadn't watched. And I'm like, you know, when it comes Thursday night, I'm like, oh, time to watch you know, my stream queens, I'm going to have to break the cycle so I can watch them. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I was supposed to watch Netflix anyway. Oh, that's weird. The next movie oh, I was supposed to watch is the one I was supposed weird. to watch. Yeah, so the next one, this actually, and usually I've watched Netflix in my cycle several times between when we, you know, talk about the movie we're going to watch and when we actually watch it, mm-hmm. which makes it even weirder because that means that there was this, the perfect number of movies to hit the perfect number yeah, of days. Yeah, that is weird. You know, even weirder. This one actually happened last week where i saw the next movie was cam but i was like oh we just talked about this we talked about watching it for the show i'm gonna save it i'm gonna skip it it for the show so i skipped it i haven't watched it now we're gonna watch it for the show i'm excited i hope i hope i haven't i'm afraid i've overhyped it (laughs) you're always afraid of that though and i don't think it's happened yet well well knock on wood (laughs) it's also gonna mean it's too what is it, Madeline Brewer? Yeah. Something? Two Madeline Brewer movies in a row. Which I am rapidly stand yeah. becoming a super fan. I'm here for that. Yeah. yeah. And she's good in this. I'm so excited we're going to watch this. Now, this one has... this one. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. We'll save it for the next episode. People at home, watch Cam. And watch it before the show because you don't want to spoil it. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Our... Is there a dude on the walls? Is it a dude on the wall? It is not a dude in the walls. I guess that's it. You want to take us out? Yeah. um, Watch Cam. Apparently, it would be unadvised to go into it spoiled. I I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it, but I will take Rachel's word for it. I think it's going to be more fun. if The less you know is more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the movie. Come back. Listen to us talk about it. And uh, thanks for coming back, everyone. Bye, everybody. Good night, folks. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, it's huge. Okay, I don't know what to do. Oh shit. Is there a shoe in the closet? It's so big. No! We it's might need to get you a different studio, man. That thing is full of spiders. It's going to skitter as soon as I try to get it. It's in, like, a crevasse. Oh, no. Oh, wait. One of the things is movable. Maybe I can just smash it between these two things.
Hang on. I'll be okay. right back. Okay. So I might have to burn my house down. What just happened? I tried to squish it between the two things, and it just barely missed, and it skittered away. Oh, no. Do you need okay. to do some hunting? Uh, I, yeah. That's totally fine. You want to call... We can do um, this. Just give me two seconds. I think I know where it went. Okay. My heart is beating so fast. Oh, no. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, I got it. You got it? It was exactly where I thought it was. And miraculously, it didn't skitter when I lifted the thing I thought it was under, and then it was under there, and then I smashed it. Oh, no. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you got it. Oh, my God. My pulse is so high right now. I, my, I, my heart is pounding, and I am in another state. I can't even imagine being in the same closet. And you know what's bad is that I saw it like a week ago in here, but it skittered away, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. There's no reason for it to want to stay in this closet. There's no b- bugs in here. Like, it's not going to, you know, whatever. And it's and too I, big to get in your ear, so. Yeah, and I've been sitting in here for, I mean, not that long, 15 minutes maybe. And just as you started, I glanced down, and there's this whole funnel web built between uh, the box and the wall. Uh, and it's just sitting there in it. And I was like, so you did stay in the closet, you motherfucker. Oh my god, your cats you really need to step up. on? Yeah, what? That's the question. What else is in there that... Alright, I'm back if you are. And it doesn't sound like you are, so I'm gonna leave you a little secret bit of recording. Unless you are. I'm wearing a long sleeve sweater and I somehow managed to get my bra off. The thing where you, like, pull the straps down over your arms through long sleeves. I was gonna share that earlier, but I didn't have a moment... That seemed fitting. So now I'm just going to leave this for you so that when you go back to edit this, there's a little surprise story about how I probably forever ruined the sleeves of this sweater. Oh, I just realized I have a third truly in here. Oh my god, I am truly blessed. I feel ashamed of that moment now because there was no one here to laugh. Wow, that is the... I could write metal songs from the 90s. Sometimes I think about old stories of pioneers trading, like, meats and pelts for glass beads. And all I can think is, like, you couldn't go shoot your own deer. You had to give up your glass beads. That's so sad. Such a sad life. And yet, you know, we live in a world where it's like, I have to trade money for things. I'm not sad about that. That's just the way of the world. But if the money was glass beads... I'd have a I'd have a, a much bigger savings account because it would be hard to part with all those glass beads and buttons. In case you do listen to this later and you're wondering, this is what the inside of my head is like when there's no one around to hear, when there's no one around to be a sounding board. I mean, I think probably this is what the inside of everyone's head sounds like. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Hi. I talked to myself almost that whole time. Oh my so. god, I cannot wait to listen to I know, this. I wanted to leave you some weird little gems. So I don't know if it's going to actually, it might just be sad or uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like probably that's going in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs>